Yeah, obvious. We got a problem here. And it's more than just Alvin's dream and punisher. When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Laughing nonstop, case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up. Lies being told like that dinosaur BS. Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us. Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza. Bougie ain't an option, it's the way. Take it to the grave, have moving to the place. You already know when they take the case. Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative. Happy New Year and welcome to the very first episode of Affirmative Murder of the year 2024. Uh, you know, we lost some folks along the way. Some people didn't make it to 2024. Blessings up to them, but we are here. We're happy to be here. Fran, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Just excited to see how this year will... Um, what this year is going to be about. What it's going to turn into. How this show is going to flourish. How you know each... One of us individually, how are we going to prosper and flourish this year? So hopefully, um, I don't know, man. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll look back on this and go, you know, I spoke some good things into existence. I mean, you got your first opportunity coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, our very first live show is just days away. I can't even barely say weeks away. It, uh this is, let's see, I'm going to do some quick math because we're still in 2023 as we're recording this. So I got to do some quick math. Okay. We're a day from New Year's. This comes out on Thursday. That will be January 4th. We're about 10 days out. Fran, where's your head at 10 days out? Even though right now, technically, we're like 14 days out still. We're still two weeks out. But when people are listening to this, we're about 10 days out. We've had another conversation at this point. Uh, with Madison because we're supposed to have one in the next couple of days and kind of, you know, figure things out. So now 10 days out, where's Fran's head at for the first Affirmative Murder live show? My answer hasn't changed from the last, like, eight times you done asked me. I'm going to keep asking you. So <laughs> I see that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep giving you the same answer. I won't feel anything until maybe a couple of days before the show. I don't – nervousness for me doesn't kick in until day, a day or two before. Other than that, I'm not really. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, really not, I'm not asking you to speak to nerves. I'm excitement. Oh, uh, you excitement. Know, yeah, of course I'm excited. Anticipation. Like, you think somebody's gonna bring you like a handmade friend, you know, uh, wax painting or something? Like, I mean, what do you? What do you? What do you hope for? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know what to expect yet. This is something I've never done before. As far as like, I'm excited for us to be finally doing the live show, starting the year off 2024. I'm excited to see some of the listeners who travel who's driving hours to come see us live i'm you know excited for that but like i don't even know what to expect as far as like the show part of it like i just don't know i don't know how it's going to go down yeah um i am a person who uh, hides nerves decently um i i don't feel like i'm gonna be nervous but just the excitement of being in front of a crowd might have some handshakies yeah, I'll be able to mask those well, though, with like a drink in hand or something like that, or just holding one hand, holding hands with myself underneath the table. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, man. Like I'm excited to get in front of people and yeah. make some people laugh, have some interesting conversations, interact with people. It's it's, it's very um, monumental, is the mm-hmm. best word I can come up with for something like this. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for some time now, and. You know, this is the first time we're doing anything like this. And so it's super exciting. 
But of course there's nerves, you know, because you want to put on a yeah. good show and all that good stuff. But yeah, man, 10 days out. Get your tickets. Uh, there's still some available. They're still selling. I think that we will sell out. If we don't sell out, that's fine. But, you know, we aren't performing in an empty room. And so that's, uh, that's exciting already. I was excited yeah. when one ticket's old. Because I was like, okay, me and Fran aren't going to be talking to an empty room. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus. I'm, I'm really distracted. You have like this uh, big mama's robe on and it's really been you've been, you've been adjusting it like yeah. a woman who's on the front porch looking at her neighbors nosily yeah and it's been really distracting why, why are you wearing a robe because i'm i'm home I'm comfortable and this is it's is that how you live in your house you robe up i threw my robe on yeah okay my dad also wear my, my dad to wear a robe that's fancy yeah yeah you do come from you come from money i forgot um <laughs> you sleep in matching pajama set too or Match a pajama set? Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. You throw the flannel, the top and the bottom on? or No, nah, I free it. You leave it at the robe. I free it when I go to sleep. You sweat? I free it. You no. free it? Yeah. I don't even want to <laughs> pursue that any further. You asked. I don't. Cool. And I, I retract. I take right. back my ask. Well, you, really ask you can't ask a question and then like be disappointed with the answer. I asked if you wore flannel pajamas and you started talking about whatever that was. I that just, was crazy. Uh, God bless you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I didn't get to thank you as you left last night. You came over for a Christmas party. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was chaos. Kids running around all over the place. But it yeah. was a good time. It was good to have be surrounded by friends. Uh, during the holiday season, uh, we had some drinks, had some laughs, yeah, man. Uh, and it was a fun time. So thank you for coming out. That was absolutely. That was a you know super fun night. And uh, appreciate yeah, the invite. Shout out to my man Jay and his beautiful family. Yeah, yeah, my, my boy Jay, friend of the show, uh, came through, clean, talking yeah. Tesla talk, schooling me. I you know, friend, I've told him many a time as a person, <laughs> as a broke boy, I'm like, dude, don't get a Tesla, like. They're not everything that they're cracked up to be. And then a person with a Tesla was like, no, like, let me tell you are. why it is. Why it really is cracked up. All this crack. It's I'm so much crack. My man Jay was like, I'm going to give you a list. One. Yeah, he was like, it's crack cocaine. <laughs> it's, it's very much cracked as, up as, it's, as it has uh, been, been preached to be. I was like, you know what? You're right. I should stop <laughs> watching YouTube reviews and then going to go around telling people like I right. know firsthand. Now, I do drive Teslas at my job. I do not like to have a steering wheel, but I do not take one home at the end of the day. So who am I to... <laughs> To be telling you not to get one. Yeah. You demo drive it for a, a half an hour and be like, these things suck. It's like, yeah. I'm not listening to you. Who are, You yeah. don't have one. <laughs> Who are you to talk? Yeah. A person with the Tesla was like, shut up, really, man. You don't know, you don't know anything and shut up. So, yeah, we did. I mean, they, it's funny to hear somebody with a Tesla also. I guess you don't have to be team Elon to get the Tesla. You're just like, yeah. I like the car. They were very critical of Elon Musk, but right. also, it, but they're like, hey, but he makes a good car. He makes a good, car. <laughs> he makes a good electric It's like car. Papa John's. Like, listen, I don't like all that shit he was said. It, it was mad racist, but that garlic butter is fire. I'm not going to sit here and like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That'd be crazy for me to lie. Nobody would believe me if I'm like, Papa John's is racist and I don't like him. Mm. And the, the, the pizza's trash and the garlic butter's ass. And you'd yeah. be like, you're biased. Or yeah, well, you lost me. <laughs> the first two things I was with you, and then you start talking about the pizza, and that's just, that's just, that's like, that's a, that's a fraud. That's, fraud. that's right. shenanigans. Like, that's just not true what you're saying. So, how can I even believe the first half of what you're saying if you're going to lie like that? Yeah. If you can sit there and lie through your teeth that way. So, we can't, we got to be able to be truthful in all aspects of our life. You yeah, know? man. But uh, yeah, um, 2024, super excited. Again, um, links are all over the interwebs. You can Google uh, Affirmative Murder X Madison McGee. If you don't have a ticket, you should get a ticket. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, January 15th at Zen West Roadside Cantina. Come get yourself some entertainment, some tequila, and some bomb wings if I'm going to be 
truthful again. Fire. The wings Absolute are insane. Fire. Top three wings I've ever had in my life. Abs- I'll agree. That's no I cap. <laughs> Okay. That's no, that's no kizzy, as the kids say. That's that's no kizzy, man. These wings are absolutely fire. So if the show is mediocre, at least you'll be have a belly full of delicious, delicious uh, grilled wings. But anyway, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeInABook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation. Which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories, and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P, at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. All right, and we are back. Fran, before we jump into our affirmative murder, I just want to say the state in which this one takes place, it just never ceases to amaze me the levels of jaw-droppingly horrible things that come out of the state of Florida. <laughs> it is, it really is like it's its own place, but it's also like not a real place. It's like if Florida's not a real place, but it also is is so uniquely Florida. Every time you think, man, it can't get any crazier than this, it continues to top itself. Yeah. I I I don't know what's in the water down there in Florida. But it needs to be studied. And it also needs to be, like, cut off. Like, like take a saw and cut around it, like in an Acme Looney Tunes cartoon, and just kind of push it out to the sea. And let it just be a floating island of misfits like, well, just, and just, just, criminals. Just you know, separate it like a little, just put a bridge. Yeah, or like a, bo- put a border up, like, around the whole thing. Build know. that wall. You know, I, in this case, I'm very, I'm pro. Build a wall around Florida. Yeah, I agree. They they have their own little um, distinct people. Like yeah. you kind of look at somebody and hear them and go like, "Oh, I know, I know where you're from." Yes, that's a Floridian. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know exactly where you're from. We got to stop making excuses, bro. I'm here to start the campaign in 2024. We cannot just let because they have Disneyland. We can't let Florida keep holding us hostage like this. Like we have to go to Florida. There are better places with beaches. There are better places with amusement parks. Now, is Disneyland, Disneyland great? Disneyland, though, you have to go. I mean, no, I'm d- we're done with that. 
We, we can't keep letting this state hold us hostage like this. We were in Orlando. What else is in Orlando? Nothing. Hotels that cannot find our reservations. <laughs> Scammer cab people at the airport. That's, yeah, that's facts. Yeah. A bunch of resorts that nobody wants to go to. So you're just riding past a bunch of hotels that are abandoned. Orlando sucks. And people go because Disneyland is a magical place. Yeah. I say we convince the people of, of Disney Corp that's who, not have, who have infinity money. Put some jetpacks underneath that thing, rocket it up, and put it in Connecticut or something, man. Let's do this. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not, nobody wants to go to Connecticut for Disney World. Who wants to go to sweltering Florida, man? The, the heat is... It's, if you're not on the beach, Florida is actually hell. It's so muggy and humid. It's not refreshing. It's not a tropical climate to me. It is disgusting. South Beach. Everybody loves South Beach. Anyway, friend, let's get into our affirmative murder this week. This one is a rough one, um, but it was actually absolutely crazy when it came across my path. I had to send it to Fran. I was like, let's get into this. This was a this is a wild one. It's so much. Uh, first of all, it's black people in a trailer park. That's always that's a unique one. Absolutely. Um, and and more <laughs> and more and more fucked up shit. Like there's so much fucked up shit and more. Um, friend, this is the story of Audrey, Adriana Zimmerman. So on March 24, 2010, in Ensley, Florida, an altercation between four women led to a horrific death. 42-year-old Tina Brown, her 16-year-old daughter, Brittany Miller, their 27-year-old neighbor, Heather Lee, and 19-year-old Adriana Zimmerman got into a series of altercations, allegedly over a man, and more. That's going to be the theme of this episode is and more. It's always like something happened, but there's a history of more and more crazy wild stuff, just degenerate things that took place. So there's a history between these people. So while Adriana's in Tina Brown's home, an intense fight breaks out. I'm talking about this is, I I can only, like, based on the things that I read, it sounds insane. But the the fight breaks out, and it's three on one. Mm -hmm. Adriana Zimmerman is being jumped by Heather Lee and Tina Brown and Tina Brown's daughter, Brittany. Um... They start shocking her with a stun gun. They're punching and kicking her. They're, they're beating her with a crowbar. And I guess eventually, you know, I guess eventually they crossed the line and they felt like we've gone to a point of no return. Mm-hmm. So they decided to pull the car around, throw her into their car, and drive out into the middle of the woods where they beat her even more. Mm-hmm. They then douse her in gasoline and set her on fire. The three women then leave her to die alone in the woods. Now, what happens next is almost impossible to believe, if, except for the fact that it actually happened. Zimmerman, after enduring all of that torture, survives. She then walks a third of a mile to, a, to the home of Terrence Hendrick, mm-hmm. who proceeds to call 911. Fire Chief Hercules Kennard uh, found Adriana Zimmerman sitting on the porch, rocking back and forth. She was suffering from burns on most of her body. Her jaw appeared dislocated, and she was moaning for help. Also, side note, I, that's, I've never heard of a person being named Hercules, like in real life. Yeah, I, so thought, I, just, it was, I uh, thought it was I, like, I thought it was like, they was, they was just trying to be like nice, like giving him like some type of no type thing. I think, but this is Florida. You got to keep that in mind. This is Florida. Only in Florida can you even stumble upon somebody that's like, yeah, my name's Hercules. Yeah. What? It's such an unserious place, that Florida. Yeah. Uh, but to be a fire chief is also cool. Like, it's a very tough job, and you have this very heroic name. Yeah, like meant to be. It's, like it was yeah, it's like you can't be named Hercules and 
be a cart pusher. No disrespect to the cart pushers yeah, out there. Watch but it. Watch it. Watch what you. you know, watch which profession I yeah, pick. Which profession jobs you 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 gonna you gonna shame? Watch it, man. I'm not shaming any job. I'm not right. shaming the cart okay. pusher. Don't right. don't make it seem like I picked one that I feel comfortable shaming. Uh, I didn't shame the cart pusher. It sounded like either. it. It sounded like that. That's what you did. That's I'm just like saying you exactly can't be named Hercules and you and you pushing carts. All right. You got to be saving people from burning buildings or something. You got to be a surgeon. But carts, you know, pushing carts, you got to you got making a living. You got to use strength. You know, there's effort in that in that job. You know something. You do got to use strength. Yeah. When you see somebody pushing 26 carts at one time, well, I would. That's they, no easy. They got feat. machines now, but you know. I'm not going to, that's neither here nor there. But that's still, crazy. I'm trying to give them props and you just are like, nah, they can be automated out of their job at any point. It's the useless job. They should be out of it. Almost, man. Have Shout you seen them? I know the sidetrack, but have you, they got little, they got, they do like remotes now. Like Target, they like put it on the thing and they like walk beside it with the remote and it just. No, I didn't know that. They push them. In All right, damn, I guess car pushing is a, is, is a job that will be gone soon with the dinosaurs, huh? Yeah, it's, it's a dying job. It's a dying job. Damn, I picked a really depressing profession. To, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So car pushing in 10 years, kids are going to be like, what's a car pusher? You yeah. mean the car pusher 5,000? <laughs> Every store is a car pusher 5,000. You mean somebody used to do this job? Yeah. That's going to be Max in 15 years. Like, somebody used to do this somebody job? Somebody used to push these? What? <laughs> anyway, 2024, the, the, the tangents don't stop in 2024. They continue. <laughs> anyway, back on subject. So like I said, Chief Hercules Kennard finds Adriana Zimmerman on the porch of Terrence Hendrick. And that night, along with repeatedly asking for her children, Adriana Zimmerman said something else multiple times. She said she was tased drug out of the house, and beat with a crowbar. When detectives asked who did it, she said numerous times, Tina and Heather did it. She even provided the lot number of their trailers. Susie Davis, who was the EMS supervisor who rode in the ambulance with Zimmerman, reported that she told Zimmerman that she was going to put her to sleep to help with the pain. So she was going to put her on an IV drip to put her out. I mean, this, I, don't, I don't know if I told people this, on the podcast, for I don't remember, I burned my arm when I was like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. They were second and third degree burns. They hurt. They hurt pretty bad. I mean, they had to cut that skin off my arm. It was not a fun experience. And then the healing process for weeks and weeks and months after that was was really horrible. Patches. These are like not even big. She was burned over most of her body. Yeah. So like the her, pain that like she the was only, in, her, most of her body was covered except for like her left, like calf and ankle. Yeah. I mean, so the pain must have been excruciating. Yeah. So um, when the EMS supervisor is riding in the ambulance with her, you know, she's telling her, I'm going to put you to sleep so you don't have to deal with this pain right now. She goes, if there's anything that you want to say, though, I'll relay it to the sheriff before I put you to sleep. So even in the midst of all this pain, before she uh, is put down to, uh, to be put to sleep in the ambulance, Zimmerman declares that it was Tina, Heather and Brittany who did this to her. She also said that she thought they had made up. Mm-hmm. So she, she tells the EMS supervisor, these three women did this to me, and I thought we were cool. And so that means that she came there, she came there with her guard down, thinking everything was fine. Detectives then walk the path from the porch of Terrence Hendrick, where they find a trail of evidence, uh, including a pair of shoes, a stun gun, bloodied and burned tissues, a uh, hair weave, and a crowbar. Tina Brown and Heather Lee were picked up at the trailer park, read their rights, and put into separate interview rooms. During her interview, Tina Brown said that the entire trailer park was constantly fighting uh, and that she and Adriana had a long history of 
uh, of altercations, including tire slashings, fist fights, mm-hmm. and Adriana even tried to tase her daughter Brittany one time. However, on this day, they had made up, and they spent the day at Tina Brown's home watching movies. So this is this is Tina Brown in her interview. She's saying. I don't know what happened. We were cool. She left my house after we spent the whole day watching movies. I can't believe what, I don't know what could have happened. The deputy conducting the interview noticed that Tina Brown's hair weave was similar to the weave that was found at the scene Mm -hmm. and that some of her hair was missing in the back of her head. So she is fresh from a fight. You know, there's hair yanked out of her head (laughs) and she's like, I don't know what could have happened. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me to think about being in an interrogation room you know, you know what happened or you know how somebody died or was assaulted. And then you see defensive wounds on their hands, scratches on their uh, hands, dirt underneath their fingernails, yeah. pieces of hair missing out of their head. And this person is in front of you going, I've been in the house since nine o'clock this morning. Yeah. Smell like I haven't even dirty. Smell yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then they go, well, well, um, why are you so sweaty and dirty? P90X. Yeah. I do a lot of home, <laughs> home exercise. And uh, before you guys came and got me, I just got finished a workout. Yeah. What about those scratches on your uh, knuckles there, birds? Bird. Yeah, I feed, I, feed, I feed birds, and, you know, they get a little antsy, and uh, it's the bird scratches. So it's like it's crazy to be lying to the police, and there's a patch of hair missing out of your head, yeah. red, r- red weave, and there's red weave at the scene of the crime. And they're not going to say that to you right then and there, right. but they're going to let you spin your lie exactly. let you talk. and then come back around and start poking holes. So he let her talk and talk and talk, and we were cool, and we had gotten them some altercations before, which I don't know why you would even say that. Why are you saying anything? <laughs> See, we used to get in fights, and she slashed my tires, and she, ta- she, she tased my daughter with a stun gun, yeah. which is a good follow-up from a detective to be like, is that why you used the stun gun on her? Were you getting revenge? Why is, there, is this the same stun gun? Like, right. why, is this, why would you even mention that you had a stun gun? That's why I like watching interrogation videos. If you say it was 9 o'clock on a Tuesday and they find that it was 10.30 on a Wednesday, you're a liar. Yeah. Even if you're just like, I just had the days mixed up. Nope, you lied, and so that was dishonesty, and so we're, now we're going to use that against you. So you got to watch what you say in those interrogation rooms. Thankfully, Tina Brown did not. Now, like I said, they split these two women up. They put Tina Brown in one room and interrogate her. They put Heather Lee in another room and interrogate her. Heather Lee flat out denied the whole, the whole thing. She, indul- she denied any involvement. She said that she had been home all night cooking, and she, and she left it at that. Two days later, on March 26, police seized Tina's red Hyundai SUV, where DNA, which was blood, found on the passenger headrest, matched that of Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Tina Brown's DNA was found on the stun gun. 15-year-old Mallory Azriel testified to being in the trailer the night of the attack. So now we're about to get the full accounting from a witness who was in the trailer that night. And that's the daughter's friend, right? That's the daughter's friend. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mallory says that Heather, Tina, and Brittany mm-hmm. were at Tina's trailer when, Zim- when Zimmerman came over looking for something to put on her tattoo so it wouldn't get infected. She was in the house for about five minutes when Tina started tasing her in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So she, again, let her in, let her guard down, caught her looking the other way, and hit her with the old 23 skidoo. Tased her in the back, ambushed her, started going crazy on her. Tina was screaming, did you call Crime Stoppers on me? And for those who don't know, Crime Stoppers is like an anonymous tip line where citizens can call to give tips to police to help them solve local crimes. Yeah. So she's basically calling her a snitch. 
and she's being she's being accused of calling the Department of Child and Families on Tina and possibly accused of having Zimmerman call the police on Tina's boyfriend mm. in the past, which right. I think builds up to her also the, tasing her daughter as well. Yeah, probably because they keep confronting her right. in some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So the trio roughed her up a little bit more before stuffing a sock in her mouth. This was allegedly Heather Lee's involvement at the very least. Heather Lee was there the whole time, but apparently Heather, Heather Lee specifically shoved the sock into uh, Adriana Zimmerman's yeah. mouth. And this after crucial, horrifying screams from Zimmerman, which is kind of crazy because, like, you know, it was not like they was in a single family home. They was in the trailer park. Right. Which are people, trailers your neighbor's right there. Right. And I don't want to, I'm not going to, people may have their, um, their opinions and judgments about trailer park homes, which I'm not going to. I see some trailer, I see some fire yeah. trailers. <laughs> I'm not, of course. But I, these are not, these are not, I'm sure these are not fire The trailers. fire trailers. Fire trailers. <laughs> I'm not going to shame trailer park and trailer park homes and like that, but I mean like, I feel like in those neighborhoods, people probably hear these screams. Now, could people? Well, Tina Brown said that they fight all the, the people right. all I mean, over the trailer park. That's what I'm saying. People time. couldn't couldn't have been home at the time. Maybe that's possible. But like, those people probably will hear those screams and go like, I don't know. This always happens. Minding my business. And I'm minding my business, and I kind of don't give a shit. So, and I feel like that's what happened. Like this woman is screaming for her life, and nobody, no police are called, or nobody's coming out to check on her. It's just yeah, that's crazy. So, like I said, Mallory says that the three dragged Zimmerman to the bathroom, closed the door, and roughed her up for a bit in there before deciding to pull the car around, drag her out to the car, put her in there, and then leave. Obviously, Mallory did not go with them, so her, her retelling of what happened ends there. Yeah. And also, Tina's daughter, Brittany, right? Is it Brittany? Yeah, Brittany. Told her friend. Brittany Miller. Told her friend, like, hey, we about to be, you know, be fixing to kill. This is what she said. We fixing to kill Adriana. Right. Yeah. And I, if I'm that friend, I'm like, oh, word. Oh, let me go out and uh, let me go grab something. Stop. And I'm calling the police immediately. Yeah. And I'm going to go get you would, I'm hungry. Right. You would hear, if I had a car, you would hear my tire screech from hitting the corner, all kinds of shit. Like, I, immediately. Right, right. I, cool. Yeah, so you guys are going to go do that right now? On way, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, cool. All because right. I feel like it's not, I feel like it's not told enough to people that, it, there are cases. There is precedent for if somebody tells you they're going to commit a murder, yeah, and you don't do anything, you can get in trouble. Yes. So I'm not going to be an accessory to your murder, because <laughs> if they find out, I, first of all, my you, name comes her up specifically. Yeah. She was there. Yes. Like you're going to get in trouble if you don't say anything. Yeah. This is how her way of not getting in trouble is testifying for immunity. But if she wouldn't have testified for immunity, they could have been like, "We're charging you with murder too." Yep. You were there. Yeah. You saw the whole thing and you didn't do anything. So murder. Or some or accessory. Some, we're going to charge you with something. Something, yeah. So if you tell me that you're going to commit a murder, yeah. you're asking me to call the police on you. <laughs> so like I said, Mallory says the three of them leave to go and do what we already discussed. Mm-hmm. When they returned, Brittany told Mallory that they had burned Adriana. Yep. Her hand was also broken. And she wasn't wearing shoes. Shoes were found at the scene of the crime by detectives on the trail, along with hair weave yeah. and a bunch of other incriminating things. But they found her shoes on the trail. She comes back home from doing the horrible crime without her shoes. Yeah. On the ride her back, shoes are found that night. Right. On the ride back, she told her mom, I left my shoes and, you know, I left, I, I cut my hand or something. Like blood was left. 
And she was like, I'm not, we're not, that's not happening. We're not going back. The idea that they had that kind of conversation when you find out with the police just doing a walk, they just walked the trail. Mm-hmm. They found shoes. They found the crowbar. They found the stun yeah. gun. They found hair weave. They found bloody napkin. Like for you to, for you to be like, oh mom, I left my shoes. Like yeah. girl. The shoes are the least of your concern. <laughs> Don't even. Yeah. You should. You guys shouldn't even be having a conversation about DNA evidence or anything like that. You guys left a whole smoking gun. Yeah. She said, "Quote literally, Mom, you've got to turn around. I left my shoes and a taser." And they said, "Brown, however, refused to return to the location of the events of what happened." <laughs> it's like that's not happening. That's that's not how. Yeah, I'm not going back yeah. there. <laughs> she was sick of what she did. Didn't want to see. The results of what happened, and it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going. I'm not going. Back. Yeah, I'm not returning. I'm not returning back there. Mm-mm. It ain't gonna happen. If they find it, they just find it. What are they gonna do? Arrest us? Wait, in two hours later. <laughs> so, like I said, her hand was broken, and they went to an uh, they went to a hospital that like refused to aid her in her hand, hmm. and so they had to go to another hospital. It was a whole thing. It was crazy. So they're they're bouncing around. I don't know what the reason was. They denied her. I don't know if it was. It was the the reason was probably like fraud. They probably thought. I like, bet it. I'm sure. I bet it was like um insurance? health insurance reasons. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm okay, sure it was yeah. health insurance reasons or something like that. Because not like it's they a gunshot wound. Refu- no, they're not supposed. No, oh, okay. Not supposed to. I'm about to say you're supposed to treat somebody. Yeah, regardless. But, they, but you're if you go to an emergency room. So I'm not sure if she didn't go to an emergency. Maybe she went to an urgent care center. I don't know if an urgent care center. Is the same as an emergency room? You going there with a broken hand? If my hand is facing the other way, like, I want, no. Like, who's your insurance provider? No. You going to need one soon. You better fix my hand. <laughs> I'm going to have two broken yeah, hands. Yeah, I'm going to have two want. of them. <laughs> <laughs> so Mallory also testified that Tina was the most aggressive, but all three of the women contributed to attacking Zimmerman. Yes, yes. So Tina was the leader, but that doesn't make anybody else less culpable. They all were involved. Yes. They all played a hand in this. And to drag your daughter into this is kind of sick. It's not. It's sick. She like, was 16 at the time. That's crazy. You know, like that's cra- That's a kid, and she, you're the mom. She's gonna follow your lead. And 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 wh- and why do you think Miss Zimmerman called the child protective services on you? She's you like, I she, saw this from a mile away. Like you got this. your kid out here doing all kind of crazy shit. You're. She's probably like you're the she. You're the reason she tased me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were there right. that night yelling, "Taser, yeah. tase that bitch." Yep. So anyway, the case had more than enough evidence. Witness testimony and more. But one of the most interesting pieces of evidence to me was this thing called a dying declaration, which I had never heard of before this case. And um, I found it to be fascinating. So see, typically the words of a person being brought up in court when they are not there to testify would be dismissed as hearsay. So if I say, Fran told me he did X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. uh, any seasoned attorney would go, uh, objection, that's hearsay. Because he's testifying to the words of somebody else. Mm, okay. Right. That you can't do that. Right. It would be it can be it'll be thrown out immediately. However, if you're on your deathbed and you identify your killer, that dying declaration can be admitted into evidence. And since Adriana Zimmerman identified Tina Brown, Heather Lee, and Brittany Miller as her attackers just weeks before succumbing to her injuries, her dying declaration was also fair use. Okay. So she can't be there to testify because she's dead. Right. And because she identified these people on her deathbed, in that specific situation, in that scenario, that hearsay can be admitted into evidence. After steps of making sure it's legitimate, though. Well, yeah, if she's dead. I mean, like, if she comes up, I mean, on your deathbed, you say, oh, Alvin killed me. You ha- they still have to. 
I mean, you still have to prove right, a case, exactly. but they can. Okay. But if they if they if if they build a case around me saying that you killed me, and they connect another dot, they can use me saying that it was you, along with whatever else they they only have, now it's like I they just need to that's fair. make a motive. I think that's fine. I like make, that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, because realistically, you have to be a real petty person to be like, I'm dying. Let me go ahead and fuck, up, fuck over one of my ops. Yeah. It was this person when it wasn't. Or, I mean, I guess you could really believe it. Yeah. You could be wrong. So, I guess there's that. I guess that, that's the fault in it. It's like, what, you don't know. Yeah. I only trust Sherlock Holmes' dying de- declaration. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. I know, I know Sherlock Holmes knows who did it. Yeah. But, you know, or obviously in this case, Adriana Zimmerman saying, I, I know they did it because I saw them. This wasn't a robbery. Like they, I was in Tina Brown's house. Yes. Tina Brown started attacking me with a crowbar. Tina Brown lit me on fire. It's not, th- this is a dying declaration that is absolutely believable. But I understand the flaw when, we're, when you start to map it out. Like, okay, what if, you, what if somebody got shot in the back of the head? They live long enough and they go, I know I had an enemy from when I was in sixth grade. It was them. Yeah. And it's like, well, may- maybe it was just a robbery. Right. Yeah, yeah. I get you didn't that. really see anything. So... Can we can we trust your dying declaration? So I would assume there's probably more to it. And I think that that word can is the key. Yeah. Like if, if we if we can yeah, prove it, exactly. if we can make it make sense, then we can use your dying declaration in the trial. And that's what anything else but if it's just like doesn't make any sense, we probably won't use it. Yeah. So Brittany Miller, who, who was just 19 years old, two years after the murder had taken place in the trial, she was given life without parole by Judge Gary Bergosh after her plea to first degree murder and kidnapping. So she pled out. She was like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to trial. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> Tina Brown was sentenced to death in the case. And Heather Lee was given a reduced sentence of 25 years on a second degree murder charge and, uh, in exchange for testifying against Brown. And her testi- testimony was crazy. She was, I mean, she was saying, so Tina started beating her up. I was like, Tina, stop. You're hurting her. It was like, sure. she had all these moments where she was like, guys, you guys are going too far. I, I kept telling them to stop doing this. So then I got in the car, drove out to the woods. I was like, you guys brought gas? Like everything was like, I, I was in shock and I couldn't believe what they were doing, even though I was right there. But, t- but Ar- Adriana was my friend. Her whole testimony was, I didn't do anything. I was just there. That's not going to work. Well, it did work. Because she got 25 years. She got 25 years. I mean, like. I she mean, yeah, she away. didn't get nothing. Right. So, I mean, she still got 25 years, but it's just crazy to hear somebody, you know, when they, when you sign over on that, uh, whatever your plea agreement is to get your time and they let you go up there and tell this clearly bullshit story. And it's like, Hey man, this is, you know, she agreed to, she agreed to fill in the hole. So she filled in the holes that they need to fill it in, which was Tina Brown lit her on fire. Tina Brown was the person in charge. So she can sprinkle in whatever thing she wants to sprinkle in there to make herself feel better. I don't blame it though. I would too. I'm like, those two were crazy. Those mom and mom and daughter are nuts. <laughs> they made me go. Yeah. They were like, if I don't get in the car, you're next with the crowbar. Yeah. So of course I went. Absolutely. She was saying all kinds of shit like that. But she filled in the dust they needed filling in. I mean, at this point, we're not friends. It's, it's survival at this point. Like we're yeah. no longer. Friendly. I mean, we're talking about three people who lit a woman on fire. I'm not really sure of their moral compass. So I don't yeah, I'm sitting true. here judging them for like being bad friends. That's true. But I mean, like, they if I'm her, I'm like, I don't give a that. We're not, there's no friends. There's no yeah. trying to protect each other. Like, there's no. no. I'm throwing you under under the. Who bus. can get the sweetest deal? Yeah, I'm throwing you. If under I the can bus. throw you under the bus, yeah. I'm throwing her under. I would throw somebody under a bus, literally. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll drive the bus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, though, Adriana Zimmerman was just 19 years old. That's crazy. Um, she left. She left behind a husband and multiple children. This was a kind of like a very shocking escalation for me. Like, you know, when you read the story, you go, OK, so they didn't like each other. Yeah. And this is one of those instances where you go, wow, like the the dark side of humanity that people are capable of this kind of evil. You guys had an issue with somebody and you guys got angry enough that this is how you chose to resolve it. Yeah. I think I think that Miss Zimmerman was a was more friends with what is it, Miss Lee? Heather Lee. Heather Lee. We're closer with friends with Heather Lee than she was with Tina and her daughter. Sure. I just don't cause to some of the things that Zimmerman did was, you know, kinda calling the police on her or her boyfriend or whatever. Doesn't yeah. seem like they no going a, back. They, they had a close relationship. It was like they was just like she was around, like one of those things where I only know her through her, right? Right. And some shit was happening. She, 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 she was, comes in my house when Heather's here, right? And some shit went down probably when she was just like, "What the fuck? I'm calling the police on this person because your friend is, you know, doing some shady shit, and I just don't uh-huh. like it." So I, I don't think they really had a relationship. Well, you got to keep in mind also. I don't. I don't know if we mentioned that at the time, Tina Brown was 42 years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Heather Lee was 27. Right. Okay. And yeah. Adriana Zimmerman was 19. Her daughter, Brittany Miller, was 16. So there's really no continuity in age anyway. But I guess, yeah, I would say 19 to 27 is the closer. Because you, you, when you're 19, you feel like a 16-year-old's a kid. Yeah, yeah. You might see a 27-year-old as like a big sister yeah. type of thing. So I could agree with that. I could see that being the yeah. case. Maybe maybe Heather was the glue or like right. the middleman where, exactly. okay, if Heather's here... Tina's like, all right, I know I don't like this girl, but you're my but friend. But it's fine; she can come over if you're here, right? And I just think that Heather probably knew what Tina, Brittany were capable of, so she couldn't even. Maybe she did go. You do- stop, but it was just like it's, it's it's possible, right? But it was, but she probably, but they, that it had to be some fear in there somewhere for there, for her to be like, this is the most I can do to kind of help you. Yeah, because I might, because I might be, I might be with you, and I don't, and I, at the end of the day, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to die. But so, yeah, I think there was some fear in there, where it's like Tina's crazy, and I'm kind of in the middle of this, and I, I don't, I don't want to be. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. you know. But dra- dragging somebody out into the woods, having a gasoline can, like does she, does she drive around with a a, a can of gas in her car? I don't recommend that. I've read many of studies where people like any kind of car safety people go because you go, well, what if my car breaks down on the side of the road? Yeah. You should not be driving around with a can of gas in your car. So that tells me either it's premeditated. either they're idiots or it was premeditated. Yeah, had to be. Had to be. You know, but it's it's perfectly possible that. Uh, never no. mind. I'm, I'm not, not going to say that. I'm not going to say. what. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I was going to say that it's perfectly possible that. I'm not even gonna say what I was don't gonna say. Don't even say it. Cause, Cause no, I'm not even say what I was gonna say. I don't. I'm because I don't want. It's 2024. I don't want to come out of the gates disrespectful. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This it, was a. This wasn't uh, manslaughter. This was a cerebral, methodical plan to kill this woman. Well said. You don't just. You don't just beat us somebody and go like, hmm. Let's take him in the car and let's. No, you. Let's this, drive him out to yeah, the woods. No, no. Let's light him on. Let's light him on fire. No. That's not a. And then yada, yada, yada. Like we started fighting and then yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, I'm striking a match over her body in the woods. Like that's not, that's not how that goes. This is like a, 
I told you if this bitch comes over my house, if she talks to me and looks at me crazy, I'm going to finally do it. Yeah. And it was this. Yep. This was this is what this feels like. It feels like Tina Brown was like, I've had this and I've been wanting to do this and I've just been waiting for you to give me a reason. But to, she might have came over yeah, there and was like to lure somebody over uh, f- like a truce. It's like, I want to rekindle yeah. this. For, that's just it's so Game of Thrones, man. It's so Game of Thrones because you let your it's guard like, down as if she let yeah. her guard down. She's like, I already don't trust you. But like if you come to me as your a woman, you know, being like, I, you know, the shit we did, we just kind of put it behind us and kind of let's talk this thing out because you're Heather's friend. We, my daughter's Heather's friend. And I know we all live like, in this trailer park. Exactly. Together. That's kind of bridges staying together and be friends. And to not coming that, to her as a woman. And to do that, and to as soon as you walk in that door, and five minutes in, that's you come that's over on the hey neighbor, you got some sugar tip too. Like I got this tattoo, I wanted to get some ointment, and then all of a sudden they flip the script on you like yeah. that. I guarantee if she was still alive, she'd be like, I, in my gut, something wasn't. I knew when they invited me over, something wasn't right. It was too quiet. Yeah, this is why. I, like I'm glad I don't smoke weed anymore. But one thing about smoking weed for me. It made me so paranoid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anybody involved in the smoking weed, what anybody involved in this was smoking weed, yeah. but I can imagine the atmosphere. Cause like you said, this had some level of premeditation to it. Yeah. Whether it was all three of them, whether it was Tina and her daughter, there was some element of she's in her house. Go get the crowbar. I'm gonna get the stun gun. Yeah. So there's this like, hey guys, you have have any ointment? Yeah, come on in. Silence. I like eyes darting around the room, looking at each other, making eye contact, not wanting you to see that they're making eye contact with each other. You know, some grabbing a crowbar, hiding it behind the couch. And that's what smoking weed in a room full of people feels like for me. It feels like, Oh, this, they're all looking at me. They're all talking about me. If I get up and go to the bathroom, they're all talking about, (laughs) I I made, I like, they think I farted when I got up or something. It's everything (laughs) is like, they, it's, I'm the subject and it's all like, everybody's laughing at me. Yeah. And, to be in a situation where all of a sudden you're being attacked and socks are being stuffed in your mouth, the energy had to feel like, okay, right. so isn't somebody going to get the ointment? And people are being weird and sketchy. Like, oh, it just, oh. Your like brain just, hasn't kind of figured out what's, what's actually happening. And but you, moment. but it's, it's so primal. Yeah. Human beings, like we come from the lineage of like running from saber through tigers. You know, when you're, I hope anyway, I can, I can't speak for myself. But I've been lucky enough to not, be in these situations, but like, I feel like when you're in the face of danger or something doesn't feel right, it's, we all have spidey senses. Yeah, yeah. Something had to feel off. Now I'm not saying she f- felt like she was going to be murdered, but something had to be like, all right. What did I walk in on an awkward conversation? Were you guys talking? What were you, you know how people do that? That's whenever you hear this, what were you guys talking about me? Yeah. Were you walk into a room and everybody gets quiet? That's your spidey sense. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever somebody says that, whether it's in real life, I've heard it, whether it's in a movie, some they're saying that because they feel something in the air. Right. Something's not right. Yeah, something's not right. Everybody got. Oh, everybody's quiet. nobody's talking. Who walks into a room? Nobody's talking. Yeah, you guys weren't talking before I walked in here. Yeah. Everybody's dead quiet. Nobody was talking. It's five people in here. You know, so I'm sure she had to feel something. Yeah, but who could have expected what came next? Mm. And yeah, to for her to get up and walk a third of a mile to somebody's house and to keep that information handy and and their their addresses and their names and. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, they she, said the she burns fought. were so bad. They they couldn't even like, because you know, they brace, you know, after you get an ambulance and they kind of brace your neck, they couldn't mm-hmm. even do that because the skin was, was, was falling off of her. They couldn't mm-hmm. even, that's, man. Mm. Again, again, my burns were, I mean, nothing. 
but they you couldn't tell me that when they happen. Yeah. It's this it's this numbing pain. I know you hear that like white hot yeah. is the way that people describe pain sometimes. That's what I was burned with grease. I I got I'd spill some grease on my arm. White hot is the only thing I could. It was so hot that it killed my nerves. So it was like it was pain, but the pain was m- minimal cuz it was so painful. Yeah. It was almost like so much pain that your brain can't even calculate it. So almost like you're fine. Mm. But it, I mean, man, you talk about the days after the, 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 the grafting and the cutting the skin. Yeah. It is a burn is no joke. Yeah. I got popped with some grease before and it hurt. So I can't even imagine what you would. Uh, but ima- then imagine being, having your clothes burned to your flesh. Cause somebody doused you in gasoline and lit you on fire. I mean, your clothes are melting onto your skin. I mean, uh, it's, it is, it is, it is one of the most horrible things I've ever heard of somebody doing to a person. Yeah. So, uh, good riddance. She appealed, Tina Brown, she appealed and the appeal fell flat. They up, upheld her conviction. She is still on death row. She's not been put to death yet, but she's still on death row. Okay. Um, it's been about 10 years now. Um, so Heather Lee still has another 15 to go. I don't think she was eligible for parole and Brittany Miller got life without parole as well. So, She'll be in the prison for the rest of her life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's, I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I understand. Well, let me say, let me, okay. Let me ask you how you feel about that. A 16 year old doing the will of their kid or doing the will of their parent. Do you think that there is some room for grace? If she wanted to appeal, let's say she wanted to appeal in five years. Do you think a jury should go, well, we should take all the factors into consideration to maybe change this to 25 years or give her the opportunity to have parole after 25 years or something like that. No, I don't know. I just don't. It was just everything was thought out and planned before Ms. Zimmerman walked into that house, before they even swung the first of that crowbar, turned that stun gun to her. I think everything was planned. And then I just. But do you think Tina being the head of the snake matters? Like it's her plan basically. And then these are her minions. And one of the minions is her daughter. So it's like that's extra. Yeah, yeah. It plays a huge part in it. But she. but there was also revenge in there from her daughter as well because she Fair. she Zimmerman they had, had their own had altercations their, right. as well. There was all and then like they said that um, when they burned this girl's body, they said that Heather Lee came out and said um, Heather Lee came out and said that she was standing right next to right beside Miller, who had um, who jumped up in excitement, jumping down screen, burn bitch burn. Wow, I missed that. I mean, like, oh, yeah, damn. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I think she could have got. Well, she got life, life without parole, right? Life without okay, parole. Okay, I think she got what she deserved for sure. Yeah, I have this because I have this. I have this same, and it's been a while since I even looked up, looked into the case. I think he might have got out, but John Allen Muhammad, and then there's Lee Malvo, the um, the DC, DC sniper. sniper. Yeah. That was a kid. You know, and this this guy groomed him and brainwashed him and all these things. And did he commit some horrible atrocities? Yes, but he did it under the like under the behest of his mentor, like and an adult, adult an adult telling you this is okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that always gives me some pause where I go. I get that. In another world, I'm a kid who doesn't have any guidance. Somebody comes into my life and I respect them, and then they tell me, "Hey, we're gonna go." Uh, do something horrible, but it's okay because I can justify it. Let me tell you why. 
But you know what's wrong, though. You know what's wrong, what's right, what's you wrong. Sh- I, I do. But I, it's, this is why whenever we play these scenarios out, it's so hard because you go, you're asking me to take my brain. I'm talking about as a 16-year-old. As a 16-year-old you know, coming from a trailer park, your mom's, Tina Brown was a drug addict. Like, I mean, you're being raised you by this person. Of what's, I, you, what's right and wrong? Yeah, still, though. I, at least, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to other people's upbringing, so I, don't, I just don't. That's what I, I, I mean. That's the hard part yeah. for me. It's like, yeah, of course. Obviously, I would have been like, we're not fucking lighting her. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's me, though. But you do know how horrific that is, though, right? Of, co- of course. <laughs> yeah, it's like setting somebody on fire. You should. Burning somebody like, alive. Yeah, you, sh- they, you should. You should. Know I, you're I don't not, know. You should, yeah, I don't know why should, I'm trying to excuse. You that's, do that. This is so far beyond like a car, stealing a car. Yeah, or something you know you like shouldn't that. do There's that. Some though, stuff right? like, like, would you steal bread to feed your family? Is like, this isn't that. And to be there and watch it? No. Yeah, the burn no. bitch is burn, is burn bitch is crazy. No. So, yeah. Well, I guess everybody got what they deserved in this yeah. one. This story reminded me of a... Um, I don't know... I'm going to call him a friend. I'm going to call this guy a friend. I grew up with him. He lived around the way. Uh, and we used to play football up on the hill and baseball and stuff like that. His dude's name was... Um, his name was David Campbell. And there was a... Uh, you already remember this. This happened in 2015? 20, 20, 2015. I know he died in 2017. But I think this happened like mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, something like that. So... Uh, yeah, in 2015, there was a guy named Christopher Harris who was a guy that he worked with. So it was him, David, Christopher Tur- Christopher Harris, David, and um, another guy named, um, I, can't, I don't have his, oh, Sean, and maybe a couple other people who all worked at um, at the same facility, this building. Uh-huh. And they was, they was in two cars, and one of, one of the cars ran out of gas. So they walked. This happened on Route 40, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, they walked to the nearest gas station, right. bought gas. There was an altercation between David and uh, Chris uh-huh. that was, you know, was building up. So they get back to the car, and whatever happened, whatever started this fight, they was like, okay, let's fight it out. And they got into a little tussle, and I'm, I'm guessing David Campbell, who was the guy I grew up with, Got the best of Chris, right? And Chris doused David with gasoline. The gasoline they bought from the the gas station, gas station, and lit Chris on. I'm sorry, lit um David David on fire. On fire. Wow! And there was a video this is on Facebook. This is this is was a while ago. There was wow. a video on Facebook that somebody because they who filmed they rec- it? Did somebody, they recorded the they, re- they recorded it for the fight. You know how you record fights? They didn't. Re- they didn't know this. Obviously, didn't. Know okay, what got it. So, got it. Got and. Got it. He doused this Jesus. man in gasoline and lit him on fire. And there's a video. He of, must have did it quick if the cameras didn't. St- I yeah, mean, that's and, it's, like and it's, there's a video of this dude who I played football with. And I mean, if we knew we, if we saw each other, we'd go, "Hey, what's up?" You know, as we got older, we saw less of each other. But and this dude is on fire, fighting for his life on Route 40, which we know where it's at. Right. And he passes away. Um, Maybe like a year or two after this happened, because ninety percent of his body was was burnt, and mm. the guy Sean who was next to him caught some of that gasoline that he got doused with, and he got and he was lit on fire as well. So this dude got charged with murder for both of these for both of these these dudes, and Sean ended up dying. Well, the other guy didn't die, right? The, Sean ended up, was in- no. Sean ended up dying as well later after what? David, David died. Yep. Oh, so he got burned that bad? Yeah. Yep. Wow. David, I thought you meant like his arm got burned or something. 
He got burned bad enough too that he eventually he succumbed passed, yep, to the injuries he passed, as well. He passed away as well. Yep. So he killed two people. He killed two people. He was um, on May sixteenth. He was you know back in twenty fifteen. He was right warrant for homicide charges after the death of Dave of David Campbell. And then, wow. you know, later, you know. Then Sean dies, too. Then Sean dies. Double murder. Yeah, man. I mean, um, so, yeah, so it said, police said Christopher Harris, 28, poured gas on two of his co-workers and set them on fire, but he poured it on David originally. And then David. He just, Sean just got caught with it by him being. Once he lit him by up, him being it close to spread his gas. Yeah, man. So it's just. I mean, that is. Yeah. And then when you put it in the context like that, like you tell another story, when you really were sitting here trying to, or I'm sitting here trying to, like, fathom or understand how you could do something like that yeah. it really is no understanding that is a truly evil thing to do to somebody yeah, yeah david to take yeah. a can of gasoline and pour it all over a person and then light a match or whatever a lighter and light them on fire is there's no because that's not even you know how you, you might get mad and you might swing on somebody out of anger yeah to do that is so it's so much effort and evil and yeah because i mean like for you have so many opportunities to stop like yeah. to, to be like that's what it. am i doing that's like it. yeah but i mean like they're fighting and then even because I know you said that he would have to do it quick, but it's like if I if we're fighting and you get and I and I can and I'm able to pull to grab this gasoline container and throw it on mm-hmm. you. N- now it's gas. Now it's gas. It doesn't. I don't, you don't have to be quick. Not, I'm thinking of it like being like pouring it slowly no. and shaking the thing. No, no, no. And it, it's like he, you know, in this tussle, you throw it's it. It's like throwing a cup, uh, throwing exactly. a cup of water. Because once you get that gasoline on you, all I have to do is get a match near you. I just, it just has mm-hmm. to hit you, and then you're. You're engulfing flames. So it's like that dude, because the dude, Chris, there's a picture of him in his mugshot. His face was burned. So like this, it got, it got him, him too. too. Yeah. So it's just uh, David, 90% of his body was burned. Um, and they said that <sighs> his clothes was burned off his body. And the second victim mm. received burns over 60% of his body. Mm. And I'm like, and I remember this story coming out. And I'm like, that's, and I knew this person for somebody and didn't see a video of somebody being burned fighting for their life screaming it's just it's horrific and for me to know this yes. person and we used to play football together when we were kids it's just i, I once i heard this story this 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 story just popped back in my brain because i forgot all about it since it was so long yeah. ago it's just it's crazy man uh, to do that to somebody over a fight over a fight gasoline to throw gasoline on somebody and then light them on fire that's a sad yeah. one very similar to the story of, of uh, adriana zimmerman just yeah, man. Really heartless and barbaric and cold to do that to somebody. So, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved in that case and in the case you just told. Uh, yeah. To the listeners, um, folks. January fifteenth, twenty twenty four. You can catch us at Zen West Roadside Cantina for our very first yeah. live show featuring Madison McGee. Tickets are available now. Uh, um, we're very excited to meet people, shake hands. Uh, play some games, possibly. I don't know. We, 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 we don't know what's coming. We don't, we don't know what's in store, friend. The possibilities are endless. So join us at Den West Roadside Cantino, January 15, 2024. It's going to be a ball. Right, friend? Yeah. Whatever you just said. All right, well, until <laughs> say what? So whatever you said, I agree. Whatever you just said. Yeah. That was my wacky, wacky, goofy voice. That's, I, yeah, how, yeah. that's how I sell tickets. That's my sell ticket voice, friend. Uh, but anyway, until next time, folks, you guys be safe out there. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Deuces.